0: I been fifty thousand dollars for poison ivy. A hundred thousand. And I'm in five hundred thousand dollars. One million dollars. Two million. You
1: don't have it. Three million. I'll borrow it from you. Four million. A utility belt, not a money belt. Six million. Seven million. Never leave the cave without it. Hey,
0: everybody. I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm Andy McIntyre. And this is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where we watch maligned movies and look for a silver lining. We sure do.
1: And man, uh, did we pick a maligned movie for this week?
0: Yeah. So uh, first of all, just set up because uh, it is now the month of July. Uh, if that is news to you, <laughs> welcome to
1: welcome. Happy uh, July!
0: Happy July! We for this month uh, we're going to be taking a look at uh, some maligned superhero movies,
1: of which there are only four. So it yeah.
0: Worked. Look, man, MCU is great. Everything's great. Uh, Definitely won't be any MCU movies that we're watching this month because they've all been perfect. Uh,
1: Flawless, flawless movies.
0: (laughs) But there were these four movies that we found. uh, And this one, uh, I'm going to be honest, it was a late edition uh, because may he rest in peace. uh, Joel Schumacher recently passed away.
1: And so we're talking about his uh, second foray into the Batman universe, Batman and Robin.
0: Yes, uh, a film which Schumacher himself apologized for
1: (laughs) at one point. Uh, and and George Clooney, apparently, if you meet him and mention that you saw Batman and Robin, he gives you like 10 bucks.
0: <laughs> so that's that, serious. The, in this economy, that's, you know, that's not nothing. So that's, that's not nothing. That's, that's a silver you know, lining.
1: Shit. We did it right at the <laughs> we start. Did it, did it in under a minute. <laughs> yeah. That's our yeah, fastest re- silver lining ever. <laughs> he refunds your ticket. God bless George Clooney, you know? No.
0: Yeah. George Clooney, who it seems like a delightful guy, who... Man, on paper, they must have felt so good of like, we got a guy who's charismatic and looks like Bruce Wayne from the comics. Like, this is just a money printing
1: machine that we got going. And I mean, I'm sure we'll get into this more later, but I still contend that George Clooney was both a good Batman and a good Bruce Wayne in a very bad Batman movie.
0: I mean it's hard to say like i i don't know what that means (laughs) like i don't think the problems with this movie fall at his feet but
1: no i agree uh, um i know that uh he also keeps a poster of this the movie poster in his office because it's the movie that really made him a movie star is that he did end up this is one of his first forays into uh being a leading man in film he'd been uh doug ross on er for years um and this is sort of and His career endured after this, whereas others didn't. Yeah, and interesting fact, too, like, to that point, he is
0: not the top-billed star in this movie. The first name is Arnold Schwarzenegger, who was the biggest star coming into this movie.
1: I mean, you could make the argument that Arnold Schwarzenegger is still a bigger star than George Clooney. Oh, sure. But
0: But I'm saying, like... It wasn't a discussion at that point, because to your point, he was George Clooney from ER, and Arnold Schwarzenegger was Arnold Schwarzenegger, future governor of California. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Two future governors in this movie. Uh, Jesse Ventura has a cameo. Yeah, that's true. Jesse Ventura does have a cameo in this movie. Uh, So,
0: okay. I'm trying to figure out where to start. I have a lot of thoughts on this movie. I, I guess this hasn't come up on this show, but people, if you listen to my other podcast or you know me, I very much love Batman. It is something I have loved since childhood. I have seen every Batman movie in my lifetime on opening night, including this one, which uh, when I was a teenager and it was my father and I on a family reunion in Iowa, I begged him to take me to the theater to see this we landed on opening night and I was like, I have to see this movie. It came out tonight and God bless my dad who took me to see this movie because I would not stop pestering him to see it. And we watched it jet lagged and uh, I hated
1: it. <laughs> like, I did not enjoy it at all. Yeah, this it's, it's a bad movie. Uh, it, there's, there's no ifs, ands, buts two ways about it. Um, it's not good.
0: And I will, uh, I, I'll defend Batman Forever, which is also
1: not a great movie, but there's a lot I like about that movie. Mm-hmm. There's a lot I dislike about it, but... Oh, sure. Um, I, I still say it's of, of like the sort of Tim Burton started these four movies. I think it's my second favorite one after the original 89 Batman, but...
0: I would tend to agree with that. I know a lot of people love uh, Batman Returns and it's an amazing Michelle Pfeiffer performance in a movie that is otherwise pretty mediocre.
1: I will say like, I remember not enjoying Batman returns much like at all. Uh, but I rewatched it recently, uh, with getting the, uh, HBO max subscription. Um, and it was better than I remembered. That's good. Can't Maybe I need the... to revisit it. I haven't <laughs> yeah, seen it. in years. No, you don't. Yeah. You're good. Um, this movie, on the other hand, uh, just rewatched. Oof. Yeah, woof.
0: It was. Can I? Maybe this is a good place to start. So, I I want to be careful because everything that I read about Joel Schumacher that came out like after he passed away is just nothing but loving tributes to the man. Like people in Hollywood, people who worked with him, like. Really love Joel Schumacher. And I actually... If you you don't mind me being a little indulgent of... We also recently lost Dennis O'Neill. Who was the editor of Batman uh, for years. And he actually oversaw the Nightfall storyline that created Bane. Who's in this movie that we will definitely talk about. He also is the guy who created Venom. Which they use in this movie, kind of. Uh, But in 2012 when the dark Knight rises coming out i interviewed him uh about like i did a piece about bane because i've always really loved that character and when dennis o'neil passed away i recently ran the full interview as part of hobo radio but in that interview i asked him if he had seen this movie and his thought on it and i just like i think he summed it up i want to just play it because i think it sets the tone really well of like how i think we should go forward (laughs)
1: Every time I talk about those two films, I have to preface it by saying the director whom I spent some time with is one of the nicest human beings I've ever met, and probably the nicest major showbiz person. Uh, But I don't think he got Batman at all.
0: Yeah, so one of the nicest showbiz people ever, he did not get Batman at all. I think that's like... (laughs) Uh, I think that's w- 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 like one. So that's now a second. I think silver lining right at the top here is that Joel Schumacher, by all accounts, is the loveliest man that anyone has ever met.
1: He made Lost Boys. That's a great movie.
0: He made a lot of good movies that we'll probably never talk about on this podcast because they're good.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. Um, I uh, yeah, I think that's I, I think that's a good place to start. I think this is another movie that there's evidence of. Uh, influence from the people that are paying for it to try to make it a toy commercial, which it kind of is.
0: Well, that's... So that is the kind of the lore, I guess, or the the understood chronology of these movies, if people aren't aware. So the understanding is that Tim Burton made Batman in 1989, which is a movie I... Is also flawed, but a movie I do really love. And uh, Keaton's yeah. amazing in it. Then he made Batman Returns, the story goes that after Batman returns, McDonald's, who was very invested in making Happy Meal toys, kind of went like, "I what are you guys doing? <laughs> like you're making these movies where Danny DeVito bleeds out of his mouth and, you know, like whatever's like they were incredibly dark and incredibly which is funny cuz I, I don't think they're that dark now comparatively, but for 1989 they were Batman Returns is still
1: pretty dark.
0: Yeah, they're they're pretty dark. And so after that movie came out, McDonald's was kind of like, stop it. <laughs> like, we're not gonna keep <laughs> doing Happy Meal toys for these movies that are increasingly not for children. At which point they parted ways with Tim Burton and they brought in Joel Schumacher to do something lighter. And more family friendly, which is how we got Batman forever. And then eventually this movie, which is funny in and of itself, because like there's a lot of these movies that you could argue is not for children, uh, including the fact that like, I mean, super horny, like, you know, oh, you, yeah. got, you got bat nipples and all kinds of, you know, bright, light, fetishy latex, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah, going there's, on. there's a lot going on.
1: And this movie's horny for
0: kids. Yeah, this this movie's super horny, but like super horny. (laughs) Like every like I poison ivy
1: like her. We can talk about how yeah yeah she starts out as this like mousy scientist, but then when she gets her plant powers turns into Mae West out of nowhere.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, her character is a little all over the place, but by way of Jessica rabbit. (laughs) Yeah. But hypersexual insane things that are not even double entendres. Really. They're just sexual. Like they're just like, they're like, Hey Robin, let's go have intercourse. But also Batman, I would like to have intercourse with you while Robin is not there. Now fight over me.
1: That's pretty much her dialogue. Yeah. Um, no, I remember, so my like one sentence review of this movie, was uh, after seeing it the first time back in 97, I guess is when this came out was, uh, bad puns and extreme sports. Yeah. That's yep. my forward review of this movie. Um, yeah. I, and it's, it's pretty, it's pretty accurate.
0: <laughs> I used to meet you that's one of the there's a thing too of like puns is often generous like a lot of times it's just arnold schwarzenegger saying the word ice one of the lines is do you know what killed the dinosaurs the ice age that's not what that's a good pun that's not a pun
1: (laughs) what what clever wordplay? oh yeah beautiful I, i am a big fan of Uh, beware
0: of the numbers, Batman, for they are the harbinger of your doom is, I don't know what that line's doing in this movie, but it's good stuff. (laughs) I also think this, this this might be a good point to point out that the writer of this film won an
1: Academy Award. There are a lot of Academy (laughs) Award winners in this movie. Um, Yeah. Akiva Goldsman, Akiva Goldsman is the writer. He won an Oscar for, I think, A Beautiful Mind. It was for A Beautiful Mind. Yes. Um. George Clooney has won a couple Oscars, one for acting, one for producing. Mm -hmm. Um, Uma Thurman's been nominated. Uh, I think Vivica Fox was nominated for an Oscar not too long ago. Uh, Her character, who I don't even think they say her name in the movie, (laughs) is uh, Miss Behaven, is how she's credited in the credits. You want to talk about puns. Um, Yeah. um, I mean, yeah, there's... You know, there's 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 talent in this movie. Oh yeah,
0: yeah for sure. And maybe that's a silver lining. I don't know. We're, I I'm not worried about the silver linings. We're we'll I have some there. in we'll my head. There. We'll get there. But let's let's take a minute
1: to to figure out what is what is happening in this movie. So I actually know a person who likes this movie, or liked. Maybe his opinion has changed. Um, but my older brother, who is. Uh, Eight years older than me, um, so more firmly in Gen X as opposed to, like, that Gen X millennial cusp. Um, He enjoyed this movie because it was a lot closer to, like, his Batman, which was the Adam West Batman. And in a lot of ways, this is, like, a big-budget version of those Adam West TV shows.
0: I'm glad that you brought that up because I am here to rain on that parade. That's what I'm here to do because I love... 1966 Batman. I actually really do. I used to watch it when I was a kid. I think it's great. I do think that is what this film is trying to do and I think it's
1: very bad at it. And I don't disagree with that either.
0: Because and I was thinking about this when I rewatched it this time because and here's the difference is that it's in the 1966 Batman it's sort of the, like, Leslie Nielsen naked gun uh, kind of rules of, like, no one in that movie is playing their parts for jokes. They're very sincere. Like, it's a lot of talented actors. You have Burgess Meredith. You have, you know, Adam Cesar West. Cesar Romero. Cesar Romero. Like, all of these people, you know, Julie Newmar. like, all of the, the people playing these parts are playing them ridiculous parts, but they're playing them sincerely. They're not playing them for laughs. The... The show is funny. The show is campy. But there's utter sincerity by the actors. This movie winks at you the entire time. And people might as well look directly into the camera and deliver their lines. Like, everybody thinks that they're doing wacky characters. And, you know, like, I think that's the difference. It's not the same thing because. This world isn't a sincere world. It's a, hey, look what we're doing. Isn't this cool that we're... You guys, hey, you saw the 66 Batman, right? We're doing that. This is like that, you know? And it's like, the world makes no sense. Like, nothing functions in a way that has any kind of logic. It's just a series of winking nods to the campy 1966 Batman, which is a TV show that ran for, like, three seasons and then was done. And, you know,
1: like... (laughs) So I'm going to counterpoint that a little bit. Because um, I, th- I think um, one of the things is, I feel like the entire cast knows the movie they're making. Like they knew what they were doing when they were doing it. Um, and I think one of the reasons that it feels like Winky and Naughty is that it's trying to be simultaneously in the Tim Burton Batman universe and the 66 Batman universe. And that's so incongruous and so just... Smashing things together, like it's it's so putting a square peg in a round hole, yeah, um, and things that don't fit at all together. Um, and I think that that's why, because it still has uh, the Burton-esque score to it. Uh, it still has sort of the Gothic well, imagery, although it's neoned up. They also toss
0: um, out. I do. I do need a moment to be mad that they get rid of the Danny Elfman score, which is I don't understand why. Yeah, it's the best Batman theme that has existed, and there's a lot of good Batman themes, including mm-hmm. the '66 one. The Ulfman one is amazing, and I don't understand why they just—they basically cast it out to do something that sounds like it but isn't it in right. just, Batman Forever. In this,
1: yeah, um, but it's definitely very clearly inspired by. It's the same. Oh yeah. Tone. It's the same. You know, motifs of it. Everything is is very similar, and, but then you're also have the the ice puns you have the the hockey goons you have the bat credit card you have the skates that pop out of their shoes you know all that crap that is like would have looked so out of place yeah. in uh tim burton's batman either of his batman movies really even though i mean they like the villain did have his themed gang of henchmen in both of them like penguin with a circus performers, Joker with his Joker goons that all wore the matching satin jackets. Uh badass satin jacket's a badass look. Let me just <laughs> put that out there. Sure. Uh, yeah. you, you know, uh tough look. Um, but so I mean, you know, there there was that. Cause I mean that's that's part of I mean, even in the comics, there's sort of the themed goons. Oh yeah. You know, like that's it's it's that's Batman. Mm-hmm. Um but let's say that Tim Burton made this, he had Mr. Freeze as his villain. It would have been patently absurd for Batman, for Michael Keaton to click his heels and have skates pop out. Yeah. And, um, also, and it I happens don't think, in this movie.
0: I don't think Mr. Freeze in a Tim Burton Batman movie would have been anything like he was.
1: Oh, of it, course not. Yeah, of course not. But I'm saying, but like, that's why like these, yeah, it's, Two things that don't fit. It, this this isn't like someone getting their peanut butter and their chocolate and their chocolate and their peanut butter. This isn't, yeah. uh, you know, the making of a, a Reese's cup. This is something else. I don't. This is just bad. Like it's just. I think if Joel Schumacher was able to make his own movie into own Batman movie independent of what Tim Burton had established, it might have been. It might have. It probably would still be campy because I think even. A lot of Joel Schumacher stuff has an air of camp to it, regardless of what it is. Um, But I think it would have, it could have, he could, there's a good campy Batman movie that's not the 66 Batman movie to be made. Like that movie could exist.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, Yeah, it, it just, it's a mess. I think like we can agree on that. There's also, I mean, Tim Burton is really guilty of this too, of the, The when they are taking from source material versus when they're trying to do their own thing versus, like, their understanding of the source material that they're pulling from. I I mean, it's kind of all over the place. And, you know, this movie is a good example of that, of, like, so you use Mr. Freeze, which is a character that has existed for a long time in Batman canon. He actually is a character that appears in the 66 Batman. Uh, But... The backstory that he has in this movie about his wife, Nora, is a backstory that was created by Paul Dini for Batman for the, the Animated Series, which is a show that, like, was created tonally to match, uh you know, the Tim Burton, Tim Burton Batman. Batman. Used the same theme song. It was very, like, you know, gothic and used black backgrounds and, you know, and all of that. So, like, there is this weird, like, snake eating its own tail thing to that. But that is so, like... They're taking that st- which was a backstory that was a more sympathetic like more grounded story for Mr. Freeze cuz originally he was just like I'm the Freeze guy. I like ice. <laughs> um so you have that you're pulling stuff from Bane
1: uh which is I Who they nailed. Let me just say. Did they get Bane <laughs> right or what? I mean, I mean they... you want to talk about a perfect I mean One, Tom Hardy did not wear a luchador mask. No, I mean, look, visually, if you never listened to
0: anything that he said and saw two seconds of it, he looks like he does in the comics, kind of. So there is that. He has the tubes. uh, But that's the other thing, too. They're using Venom, which Venom, by the way, is something that Dennis O'Neill, who I played the clip from, actually did invent uh, to... Be uh, a way to explore, uh, he kind of his own issues with drugs and alcohol, and it was meant to be a metaphor for like uh addiction. And uh, I don't think you get that from this movie,
1: <laughs> but uh, you, you and I watched totally different movies then because that was I got that 100%. <laughs> no, yeah, you don't get it at all. It's it's um, it's the juice that makes Bane real big angrier, yeah, yeah,
0: also. Is this the time to take a moment to to remember
1: Jeep Swenson who played Bane and and passed away shortly after finishing was, the movie.
0: Yeah, like less than 2 months from uh the release The release of the film uh Jeep Swenson who was a wrestler, he wrestled in WCW had a very unfortunate name when he premiered in WCW that they fixed. Um he yeah, like unfortunately, died. I think he was forty. Uh, yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, had heart issues, you know, heart problems, and uh, yeah. So this was one of the last things that he was in. I I kind of brought this down a bit. But. Yeah,
1: I mean he had a, he did a, he did a number of movies too. I mean he was yeah, and I kind I, of a, did a lot of like stunt type roles, a la the way they played Bane in this movie. Yeah, and I mean,
0: like, the casting, like, he does what, it, again, like, Clooney, like, most people in this movie, like, he does what's asked of him, you know? I think he, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, I Bane is a character that is very close to my heart. I, you know, I loved the Nightfall storyline when I was a kid. I actually, like, I've been in this whole thing because of Dennis O'Neill, uh, where I, I've been reading his novelization of the Nightfall storyline, which I read when I was a kid, and I bought that book again. And I so, like bane means a lot to me they i think eliminated everything that i like about the character except for the luchador mask uh, <laughs> from him uh but yeah. it, i guess that's my issue i i will admit that i should let that go we got tom hardy tom hardy spiritually is the bane that i always wanted to see on screen
1: so it happened uh, yeah um yeah that's it's Bane in this movie might be the most that they've gotten a character wrong Mm -hmm. in comic book movie history.
0: Yeah, well, because they look, it was like they looked at a picture of Bane...
1: Oh, he's a he's a henchman guy
0: and didn't look at what the character was. I mean, there's like again, I don't want to get too sidetracked on this, but like you have Bane, who's a character who his entire backstory is like that. He was as a child wrongfully imprisoned for the crimes that his father committed. Uh, And that's sort of why he's so fixated on Batman, because he sees Batman as this like physical embodiment of the system that jailed him unfairly and he devotes his life to destroying this guy just like Uh, in the movie but yeah in the movie like he does a prison break and it's like it's you know like there's no they even make him a prisoner but there's no acknowledgement of any of that
1: backstory yeah um and the uh, speaking of incongruities in this movie um the fact that the villain team up is poison ivy and mr freeze who couldn't have more diametrically opposed goals for the world.
0: Yeah, well, it, it, in the movie, you can see that because they it makes no sense if you stop to think about it at all. I'm going to freeze the world and kill everyone, and then I'm going to grow plants. What? You can't, like, all the ground will be frozen, and uh, nothing will be able to survive, and then I'll, you know, I'll grow plants that need sunlight and warmth and all of that in that soil. Right. Liquid water. (laughs) Yeah, our plans make perfect sense together. The water that I my plants need won't freeze. Like, (laughs) yeah, it doesn't. They just wanted these two characters to to exist together to
1: sell toys. Because I mean, I think they make for you know a plant Venus flytrap playset is probably a cool playset to buy. Mm -hmm. Mister Freeze has a cool costume and cool powers and cool whatever. I see what so you yeah, did it's, there. It's... Cool. Yep. <laughs> I can make ice puns too, Akiva Goldsman. Um, <laughs> where's
0: Handy's Academy
1: Award? <laughs> where's my Oscar? If there's one thing we're going to get to the bottom of over the course of this podcast, it's where's my Oscar? <laughs> <laughs> I always thought um, it would be
0: for composing. That's an inside joke. But
1: <laughs> yeah, I, 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 well, I've already, the, I've been nominated, <laughs> Yeah, but you know, anyways, um, Yeah, I mean, and then, like, one of the areas where I feel like this movie, like, also drew a lot of ire was Batgirl. Um, And that that was not without controversy.
0: Which, I'll just say straight up, like, I think a lot of the stuff that was thrown at Alicia Silverstone is pretty unfair. I I don't think, like, Batgirl in this movie... Annoys me because they changed the background of the character. Like I don't know why they threw out making her Barbara Gordon, but I I I don't
1: didn't think she was believable as Pat Hingle's daughter.
0: (laughs) But obviously played. Obviously, being related to Alfred makes perfect sense, though. So perfect sense, nail. But like. That being said, I there's nothing. Alicia Silverstone is fine in this movie. Like I don't. Oh yeah, totally yeah, fine. There, she I know she got a lot of hate
1: for playing the part. I don't. I don't get that. And I know some body shaming stuff that happened that was really gross. Yeah. No. There's it it, and,
0: this insane like the idea that she was overweight in this movie, which is we insane. As a, we as a country need to do better <laughs> i <is> well. <what> <laughs> say about that. Uh, but no. I yeah. I. I really don't have anything like even to say about Elisa Silverstone. I, I don't like, I think she, I think I have something to say about the fact that this movie is named Batman and Robin. And I don't know why we picked that name for the movie that introduces Batgirl when the last movie that was called Batman forever probably should have been called Batman and Robin. Cause that would have made more sense.
1: There, Honestly, was, if you just... there was rumors that they were going to call uh, that movie, Batman and Robin. But people were worried that Robin wouldn't sell tickets because <laughs> a generation of young people grew up like without Robin in the the two first two movies. Mm-hmm. Um, even though he was introduced in the TV show, I think in or in uh, the animated series before Batman Returns, mm-hmm. yeah, or b- before or before Batman Forever came out, anyways. And then the and then they were going to release this movie as Batman Forever with a four. That would have made way more
0: sense. That's what they should have done
1: forever. That's what they should have done.
0: Yeah. That that would have made way more sense. And it like Batman forever makes sense with the idea that now there's like a bunch of that. There's three bat
1: people all fighting crimes together. But yeah, um, because this was supposed to lead to more sequels like um, there's a Batman unchained was the rumor that the next movie was going to be um and there's then Chris O'Donnell was going to get a standalone Nightwing movie
0: cuz famously in these previous four movies Batman has been pretty chained and shackled. I think we can Just all agree up. about that. Uh so that's a perfectly great name. Uh <laughs> uh yeah. So all of that um you know who I look if I can be real again, Alicia Silverstone I'm sorry on behalf of America. You were unfairly maligned. Do you know who gets a pass in this movie? That kind of annoys me is Uma Thurman, <laughs> like <laughs> because and I I, I don't even want to like. I, I, it's just I'm not sure what she's doing. I really don't know, and I don't know that it's her. I just I don't know what what direction she was given. I don't understand Poison Ivy in this movie.
1: I I, I don't understand. I think Uma Thurman decided to do, like, this Mae West-esque thing with it. Um, but inconsistently, the the, by the way. Consistently, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the Poison Ivy on the what had to have been the script pages alone made no sense. No. No.
0: And again, I mean, we have the whole thing where, it, I mean, her goals are at cross purposes with uh freezes too. freeze isn't good either let's just be clear i don't like either of the villains in this film i don't think they're well done no and, I
1: th- and there's i mean you can make a decent mr freeze movie uh the animated series did with batman sub-zero yeah like that's a that's a decent movie um there's also i mean you just get into stuff too of like you
0: Bane is there solely for muscle, but then you cast Arnold Schwarzenegger as Freeze, a character that does not need to be muscular because he's in a big metal suit. Like,
1: Well, and, and the best part about this... <laughs> so there's two really hilarious things. So uh, Joel Schumacher's three... like The three main people he wanted for uh, Mr. Freeze. I think I'm going to hold off on that and say that the studio pitched uh patrick stewart and anthony hopkins as mr freeze both great m- choices closer to the animate closer yeah. to the animated series um and sort of because of that i think also like had backwards influence on the comics and made that more like the comics mr freeze too uh Joel schumacher's three choices number one was arnold almost to the point i read that he wasn't going to do the movie if arnold couldn't play mr freeze <laughs> um number two <laughs> sylvester stallone and number three, Hulk Hogan.
0: Sure. <laughs> oh, but you would have lost Ventura at that point. You're not getting Hogan and Oh, yeah, and you're not getting and...
1: Jesse if you, yeah. if you get Hulk. And <laughs> there's no one else that could have played that prison guard that gets killed by Poison Ivy. No, I, I mean, he nailed it. Look. <laughs> but
0: yeah, I would like... Honestly, I should let it go. There are a lot of muscular characters in the Batman universe that you could have cast those men to play. They could be Killer Croc. They could be Bane. They could be you know, like whatever. You get it. There's a there's like there's plenty. Yeah. There's,
1: there's no shortage of muscle that Batman faces at various points. Yeah. So, okay. It, this. <laughs> this is it's it's a bad toy commercial that's trying to be simultaneously tim burton's batman and the 66 the 60s batman
0: yeah which is all of it and there's too much going on it's a it, the whole thing is scattered like there's too many characters there's too much tonally just Al- alfred Schubert's dying sch- maybe of mcgregor syndrome yeah <laughs> Like way, way too much plot happening in this movie for no reason.
1: Uh yeah, I just But it does have a badass Smashing Pumpkin song in the soundtrack. It
0: does have a badass Smashing Pumpkin song. Um I can I I want one more moment because we do need to pivot to the yeah. silver lining part. But something else hit me <laughs> watching it this time that I had never occurred to me before. The end of this movie makes absolutely no sense. Like, in that it actually has, you know, and I'm I try not to be like too pedantic with like you know the plot holes. Like I, I I get kind of annoyed with that in general when people. But like I was watching it and it hit me. So freeze freezes Gotham and we watch like people get frozen, a dog gets frozen, like everything. He he succeeds in his plan. There's a ice, you know, and this is his whole thing. This is what he wanted to do. He freezes everyone. He does it, and then there's a discussion by the Bat team of what to do. And they, when they're talking about it, they're like, well, when the sun comes up, it'll melt the ice. And then they're like, well, we could redirect a satellite and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, but if when the sun comes up, it's going to melt the ice. And we've made it clear that you're just fine if once you're melted. You guys didn't literally need to do
1: anything. <laughs> like, you could have just waited. Well, they established that if you, if you uh, apply the logic of this movie which is a dumb endeavor to begin with um, that you have 11 minutes to thaw the person out or they're dead so unless it was 11 minutes before sunrise when, when he froze them you okay. know uh, but then also by that logic Nora Freeze is dead then oh no she was cryogenically frozen it's different <laughs> Why am I defending this movie?
0: Yeah, I don't. Okay, look, I mean, he has an Academy Award, and we don't. So, who are we to to chip away at the logic?
1: Yeah, who are we? These two chuckleheads trying to? I'm also pretty sure if you redirect a bunch
0: of satellites and aim the power of the sun at a city, that your real problem is that Gotham City just bursts
1: into flames and you burn everything to the ground. But whatever, it's not like a gentle sunny day. you you've made a laser. Yeah, you created an even more efficient doomsday device than <laughs> Mister Freeze. Honestly, it yeah, was
0: was anyone taking notes? Did any of the criminals of Gotham catch it? Oh, you know, if we just like, you you guys
1: catch out like you just wait, I figured it out. So then Batman gets arrested for trying to destroy Gotham with the laser, and then in the next movie he breaks out, so he gets unchained. There we did it. Okay, well, hey, <laughs> all right. All right, but let's, mission accomplished. Yeah, throw a scarf over my shoulder.
0: Let's let's find some silver linings. So we already we already have a few. We we have the fact that Joel Schumacher is one of the loveliest people in Hollywood, and everybody who worked with him seems to have glowing reviews of that time.
1: And takes full responsibility.
0: Yeah, and openly for apologized for this movie not being what people wanted it to be. We have the fact that if you run into George Clooney on the street, he will give you ten dollars if you mention this movie.
1: So there's that. If you tell him you paid to see this movie, yeah. So he won't even ask for a receipt because why would you have that? <laughs> That'd be really weird. Someone's just like, carrying a ticket stub. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I do. All right. If I ever met George Clooney. <laughs>
0: uh, okay, so we got those. Um, I. This isn't a silver lining, but I wanted to mention this because this is a weird thing. Uh, I don't know if you're aware that Nikki Cat is the only actor to be in both this movie and that's Nolan's movies. That's true. Yeah, movie. I was aware of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he plays he a SWAT. tiny,
1: unnoticeable <laughs> roles in
0: two Batman movies. He's uncredited in The Dark Knight as a SWAT team member. But, uh, but yeah, he's... But I remember watch, when I watched The Dark Knight, I was like,
1: hey, that's Nikki Cat. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Uh, He he has that distinction of being in And he's unrecognizable, although credited in this movie because he's covered in um, black black light paint.
0: Yeah, credited as Spike, that is his character name, Uh, which I don't know if that's said on screen, but he's there. Uh, So we
1: got that. That does not count as a silver lining. That That is is not a silver lining. I
0: just, I wrote it down and I wanted to make sure I mentioned it.
1: (laughs) Fair Uh, enough. I do
0: think a silver lining is the fact that I love John Glover, the actor. I like when he's in things. He doesn't need to be in this movie. He's in it for five minutes. I really enjoyed those five minutes. Yeah, he was as a mad scientist guy. He was good. <laughs> he really crushed mad scientist guy. And if you need someone for Poison Ivy to kill immediately to show the change that has happened in her who better than John Glover to make you understand why someone would want to murder him immediately for his complete and utter lack of uh humanity. So he crushed it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he, he also, it. did exactly what was asked of him.
0: He similar to Nikki Cat has the distinction of being in this movie, he is also in Smallville uh the the TV show as Lex yeah, Luthor's father. Yep. Lionel. Lionel Luthor. Yeah. So there.
1: So yeah um so so i i don't know even though uma thurman is all over the place i really enjoyed how she just didn't give a fuck and just chewed (laughs) every piece of scenery
0: yeah i mean look it's it's not a good performance but it is a captivating performance i will say that i and i love the way she looks uh throughout the movie like her styling is really cool yeah. Uh, and there are like there are times when she hits it that I really do enjoy what she's doing. Like I said, it's just kind of inconsistent, but there are uh, some Um
1: I also think this doesn't count as a silver lining, but uh when she first reveals herself to the people of Gotham right before the infamous bat card scene, <laughs> um, which also fun fact the expiration date on the card is forever. Nice. Yeah. Also, fun Um, fact that makes no
0: sense. How any of that would work? That Batman has a credit card,
1: right? (laughs) Um, Because that's not. Think about it for five
0: seconds. What? How's he paying that? Who?
1: Who? How did he get that issued? What bank issued it? Anyway, what bank gave Batman a credit card? Mm -hmm. Um, Anyways, uh, but when she's doing her initial reveal, when she removes the gorilla costume. Why is that a sentence I just said?
0: <laughs> That's the silver lining is that you had to say that sentence.
1: Um, but it's an instrumental version of the song "Poison Ivy" by the Coasters, mm-hmm. which is kind of a cool thing.
0: That's that. It's a great. It's a great introduction. Like it. Yeah, it, it, it really works is. really well. Yeah. Immediately <laughs> undercut by what happens after it, but the actual reveal <laughs> is fantastic.
1: I even though it's it's so not Bane, but it's so ridiculous. That whenever she gives him an order, he picks like the second most pop important word of that sentence and oh, just yeah. like
0: grunts it. Yeah, monkey work, monkey work.
1: <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, it's so bad.
0: I like. Look, I'm gonna betray myself a little bit and admit that when he's wearing his little hat and he's being her chauffeur, I kind of enjoy it. Just like as a as a still
1: image, it's it's pretty great. With all of the costuming or all the disguised technology of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> I will. I think we're maybe touching on something that
0: I do think is a sincere silver lining. And it's going to sound like a backhanded compliment because it is. But I do believe if you muted this movie and didn't listen to a word anyone said. And you maybe found your own soundtrack or maybe the, the soundtrack, which is pretty good. If you just played some music and you put this on at a party and you looked up at it occasionally it is a very colorful very fun to watch visually movie it is
1: yeah it is it really is yeah um, like just bright
0: colors like great sets great costumes visually this
1: movie's crushing it i really do believe that utterly nonsensical like the weird statue that's holding its arm out that they do the jump off of and yeah And honestly,
0: as much as I think that, to your point earlier, I don't think trying to mix Tim Burton and 66 Batman together works overall. I think that like having that assignment does actually cause like mixing all that in with the 90s, like does cause like the use his use of like black light and the use of just like the colors that like the kind of neon colors that he sneaks into the very dark burton universe to give it more color is an actual cool aesthetic i think i think it's better in batman forever than in this movie but
1: yeah i think i think it's a little more i hate to use the word muted because that's the wrong word but understated probably yeah um Nothing about this movie is muted except for maybe the improvement of the movie by muting it.
0: Uh, you just reminded me of a quote uh, that I read where, oh God, I want to remember who it was, but there was someone who was talking about working with, oh, it was Minnie Driver. Minnie Driver was talking about working with Joel Schumacher and said that she overheard someone complaining about her performance saying that she was over the top. Uh, and she heard it and it was said to Joel Schumacher and she admitted, she was like, and I was, uh, it was right. But, uh, apparently when the other person said to Joel Schumacher that she had been over the top, he looked at her and went, honey, no one's ever paid to see under the top.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What about everybody that went to the circus? Oh God.
0: You know what? Yeah. No, no. (laughs) I Uh, did
1: it. All right. Um, I, w- there's one other thing I want to I want to bring up uh, because some something that uh, much like the rest of the world since 1997, something that we haven't talked about at all in this podcast is Chris O'Donnell. <laughs> yep.
0: Um. <laughs> yeah, we did. We went this whole time without once mentioning him, <laughs> which I think is um, the right move.
1: <laughs> I thought he was really good as Robin in Batman forever Mm -hmm. i liked him i thought he did a good job i thought it was like a fun way to do it um but he's just whining and annoying whiny and annoying through this entire movie yeah and like the arguments like i want to be my own person and and batman being like don't be reckless even though i'm the most reckless human being alive yeah like it's just so so rings so false. Well,
0: also, don't be reckless in this movie when I gave you the job because all you did the entire last movie was be reckless. You broke into the cave. You just went out on your own. I figured out that you were just doing this stuff anyway, and I offered you the job. But now that you have it, I'd like you to be a different person. But also it down, uh, simultaneously, Alicia Silverstone is going to become Batgirl, and it's fine. She does all the same <laughs> stuff. She's also going to break into the cave and just do it without any... Like, no, she com- was
1: led in by Max Hedrum, Michael Goff, Alfred, yeah. CGI, uh, AI thing. But I mean, without any
0: conversation... Also, I mean, look, Bruce, I know he, the guy means a lot to you, but... You should maybe fire this Alfred because he first he lets Vicky Vale down in the cave without talking to you. Then he lets Robin down in the cave without talking to you. Then he builds an elaborate Max Hedrum system to, you know, let. Allow Barbara, his niece in. Yeah. He, the, so and you makes gotta, her a suit. <laughs> yeah. And makes her a suit without you notice. You really like you got to you gotta have a conversation. This guy's just undermining you at every turn.
1: But we're done with the bashing of the movie. <laughs> We we're pivoting to the silver lining. Right. Um So where are where are we at? Let's see if let's see if we've we've okay. done it.
0: Joel Schumacher's lovely. Um, yes, you'll get ten dollars from George Clooney if you run into him in the street. Uh the movie looks great. Um John Glover is a delight. Mm-hmm. Uma Thurman is often highly entertaining she goes for
1: it and we yeah. we have a trend of rewarding people that go for it that's true and this she
0: she yeah she she aims for the sun but when she hits it it, it is truly enjoyable uh to watch um i
1: i, I think that's it it bane's yeah. little hat i don't want to forget bane's, bane's hat. little hat if there's <laughs> one silver lining it's bane's little hat <laughs> oh man all right. Do we? I think we did good. Like that's that's. I, I think we found we found things to like about a movie that has a lot of things to hate about it. Mm-hmm. And if that's not the purpose of this podcast, then I don't know what is. I, I also don't know what it is if it's not that. So. So we did it again. We're this is ten for ten. Yeah, I just you know
0: you gotta love you gotta love our our accuracy. You know we
1: we've we're flaw we're we are flawless all the way.
0: Like a satellite being redirected to melt Gotham City. We bring the heat.
1: (laughs) We found our sign-off, I think. (laughs) (laughs) I think it took us 10 weeks, but we did it. Silver Linings Playback is a production of HoboTrashCan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. We have to ask. It's a podcast where we answer the question: Are you going to eat that? What will you leave behind? Why get out of bed? Will you be our neighbor? I'm Marty, and I'm Jonathan. We're two hosts. Infinite universes. We, we have, have to, to ask. ask. New interviews every Tuesday.
0: Find us on iTunes or online at wehavetoask.com, or with the other great podcasts on the Peaksloth Network at Peaksloth.com.